Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm joined by my guest Amy Rope today and we're talking about a few different things but the underlying thread between them all is mindset. And you may have heard me mention mindset and the importance of stress management in pretty much every episode that I've done. But this one is dedicated entirely to mindset, but we also chat about other things like limiting beliefs, um, emotional trauma, masculine versus feminine energies, the Chinese medicine organ emotion connection, the left and right sides of the body and how that can connect to your masculine and feminine personality traits for those with conditions like autoimmune disease and how to not let medical a medical diagnosis or for example your age when it comes to fertility become your identity and then finally tools um, to support relaxation and stress relief a lot of them are free which is amazing so my guest amy rock for those who don't know is a renowned expert in the women's health world she's a best-selling author of several books Chill Out and Get Healthy, Yes You Can Get Pregnant, and Body Belief. I love Body Belief, um, one of my favorites. She's a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist and has private practice in New York. She has a Master of Science degree in traditional oriental medicine and a bachelor's degree in biology, so she knows her stuff. She's also the founder of the Amy Rob Beauty line, which is handcrafted and organic skincare products. She's appeared on many TV shows and magazines, The View, Glamour, Well and Good, Goop, and has received endorsements from many top names in the health and wellness world, Deepak Chopra, Christiane Northrup, Ariana Huffington, Gabby Bernstein. And she has helped thousands of women improve their vitality, celebrate their beauty, and reconnect to the presence of their optimal health, which is amazing. So yeah, we discussed a ton of different things. Amy is a ray of sunshine. I really love chatting with her. She's lovely as she seems on the episode. And this is gonna be great for those as well who are wanting children or are currently trying to conceive because that's kind of Amy's specialty is helping women over the age of 35 fall pregnant. But even if you're not wanting kids now or ever, these recommendations can still be implemented, whether your thing is acne, or IBS or headaches. So many good bits of advice in here. Her books and websites will be linked in the episode show notes, but let's get straight into it. Hi, Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Vivian, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat all about mindset today because as I've just been mentioning, I touch on it on every 
episode, but I've never had a deep dive yet into the importance of mindset. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to have on. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I, I talk about mindset a lot every day, so, and it's so I'm glad important. to talk about it here. Yeah, and people are doing all the physical things. So they're eating a perfect diet, they're doing the exercise, they're taking the supplements, but sometimes they're still struggling with a health issue, whether it's um, not being able to fall pregnant or they have IBS or they have period problems. So I believe that the mental and emotional connection is just as important, if not more than the food that we eat. I don't know if, if you agree with that, but um, oh, I totally agree. Well, I think there's all this focus on, on like lowering inflammation in our body, right? So the anti-inflammatory approach to everything, but you know, and everybody talks about anti-inflammatory supplements and anti-inflammatory diet and no one's talking about the anti-inflammatory mindset, right? So I, I think it's something really important to talk about that there's emotional inflammation as well as physical inflammation. And we do need to address both of them. And so it is that thing, you know, I deal a lot with women trying to get pregnant, right? And so there's this, okay, you need to follow this diet, right? You know, no gluten, no dairy, whatever it is. Um, and, eat, you know, eat all these things. And so they do it from this perspective of this will help me get pregnant. But then each month they don't get pregnant. They get like madder and madder at the diet, right? You know, there's this, it becomes this. And so what I try to do is instead approach it from like, I want to be the healthiest version of myself. Like I have all these symptoms, you know, I have my clients go through like a red flag symptom checklist and it could be like eczema to gas and bloating to, you know, sleep issues. And so we try to focus on, okay, we're going to make these things better in your health. And then your, you know, your health and your fertility should thrive as an extension of that, but to get them kind of rooted in the lifestyle changes from a perspective of this is for me. And this is something like I'm enjoying doing and exploring and, um, you know, trying to figure out what works best for me. And that's where I think the mindset then can get more aligned versus that mindset. That's like, I have to take all these supplements because it's the only thing that's going to fix me. Or I have to drink this shake every day because that's what so-and-so says is going to fix my thyroid. Right. You know, and there's like this resentment behind it, you know, that, that I have to do this thing versus I'm willing to try this as a possibility, or this excites me, or I'm seeing the changes here and there, and I'm starting to feel better, you know? So just kind of it is really getting that mindset in alignment with the lifestyle and diet changes. And that's what's going to help make it more of a long-term sustainable approach as well, rather than maybe 100%. not falling pregnant that month or miscarrying. Um, unfortunately, yeah, you're just more likely to sabotage. Or, yeah, falling, falling off the bandwagon and mm -hmm. binging on junk food. You just need to be consistent and just focus on a lot of the time it's the basics and not trying to be or strive for perfection. That's it. Well, we're, we're perfectly imperfect. And I think embracing that is the number one thing. And I, I don't, I don't ever see that it comes from perfection. You know what I mean? Like I may lay out the diet as probably you do. And you know what I mean? Like, and I'm almost more concerned when they're too strict, you know, I kind of want them to loosen a little around the fringes. Like I, I want to see these changes. And I always say consistency and frequency, but you know, that, you know, 80, 20 or the 90, 10 rule. And, and in there, can you have quote unquote cheats and not beat yourself up because the beating yourself up is worse for you. You know, my spiritual teacher always says, if you eat something and feel bad about it, it's a lot worse for you than if you eat something and feel good about it. So like, if you're going to deviate, 
do it from a place of like passion and excitement versus, oh, now I'm definitely not going to, you know, get pregnant or, or regulate my hormones this month, right? You know, now I'm screwed. And so it's, and we all have it, you know, I have a history of an eating disorder. And so I get it. I get the, like the, the, the challenging side of, of making these changes and what's usually attached to it. And so it really does come down to your beliefs and like almost getting to behind the why, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? And, and do you believe there's a possibility? And so it's, and typically women find, you know, the more natural route because they've read stories of other women that have done it that way. So they want to be that woman, right? Or, you know, they want to, they want to fix whatever's going on in their body a more natural way. And so if that's your why, then getting, getting in touch with the feelings behind that and really making sure they're, they're in alignment with, you know, every decision you make, you know, how is this supporting what I'm trying to achieve? How is this supporting what I'm trying to achieve? And, um, and being kind to yourself in the process versus um, that, that black and white attitude of just like, you have to do it this way and perfect. Otherwise, you're never going to achieve your goal. And I don't think that's what any of us are saying. Sometimes it might sound like that, but I don't think it's, um, it has to be that strict or that much pressure on yourself because the pressure does. It leads to sabotage. It leads to boiling over. It leads to anger, resentment, you know, all the things. I'm like just feeling like, you, you know, you, you're the sore loser who isn't getting what you want and you're trying so hard. And so it's this very, you know, it becomes really intense. Agreed. We've kind of like just dove right into the meat of the subject, but I first want to ask you a little bit more about how you got into specializing in women's health. I know that you're a trained acupuncturist as well. And you just mentioned that you had maybe some history with an eating disorder. So can you just give mm-hmm. us like a brief overview of your sure. um, health and your sure. career history? Yeah, so I've been practicing acupuncture. It'll be 17 years this December. Um, I, prior to becoming an acupuncturist, I was I studied biology and chemistry. At my undergraduate, um, my my goal was to go to medical school. I didn't I didn't get in when I applied, which uh, was was really tough on the mindset for me. But turned out to be I think one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, so then I went on to study neuroscience and do some research and was trying to get into medical school kind of like that backwards way. And, and it was working, but then I discovered Chinese medicine. So I discovered Chinese medicine because I had the eating disorder kicked in like college, probably, I guess, freshman, sophomore year in college. And, you know, I was, I was mainly bulimic, but would also just some anorexia, you know, and, uh, you know, overexercise, you know, to the point where I, I lost my period, you know, was, was pretty unhealthy. Um, if I look back, you know, think back to that time, but, um, I was skinny, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, my mom owned a gym. She was always really into fitness and, and wellness. And I worked at like a health food store. And so she really tried to come in and support me in the right ways. And like, um, you know, got me to see like a naturopathic doctor. And I think I was also seeing an acupuncturist at one point. And, um, you know, they were really trying to get me to like connect back to my body and what would work. And, and but what finally was the tipping point for me um, was eczema. Eczema came up all over my body, mainly on my face and my eyes. I'd always had eczema as a kid, like in my shoulder, my shoulders, my elbows and behind my knees and some of my fingers. But then when it hit my face and I was in grad school at the time, so it was really a vanity thing. Like I hated it and I was willing to do anything to fix it. And Western medicine was not giving me the answers because the answers were so, it was so nutritionally deficient, you know, is, uh, wow. 
Um, and so it was just a lot of topical creams and stuff and nothing was really working and a lot of emotional stuff. I was so torn up about how I didn't get into medical school and I was really hard on myself. I felt like a failure. Um, I was in a relationship that, you know, he was a great guy, just wasn't the guy for me. And I was kind of trying to force it to work because everybody else was getting married. I should get married. You know, it was like this whole, I was in a lot of turmoil if I look back and still had the eating disorder. It was a little bit better, but, um, I finally, went to see someone for the eczema um, and she had recommended acupuncture again. I hadn't tried it in probably a couple of years. And so I went to uh, the acupuncture school in San Diego. I was living in California and San Diego at the time. And um, <clears throat> the first thing the acupuncturist had said to me, she was doing the new patient intake. And she said, you know, what did, what have you eaten so far today? And it was probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. And I had had a balance bar. If you, you probably are too young to remember this, but they were just like highly processed crap like just highly proud. They were glorified Snickers bars, basically. Mm -hmm. But I was very proud of myself because I actually tell this story in my first book and show and get healthy. I was very proud of myself because I, A, ate breakfast and B, didn't throw it up. Like, so to me, it was like a huge win. Um, and she was just like, you are so blood deficient. And at the time I was also a vegetarian, but it was really by means of just eliminating as many foods from my life as I possibly could. So I didn't have to eat. Like, it wasn't an educated vegetarianism by any means. And there's a lot of them out there. And so this is in no way, um, you know, a criticism of vegetarianism. It just, the way I was doing it was just really a ploy to um, avoid all foods if I could. But so she was like, you know, you're very blood deficient and you need to be eating more animal protein. And I highly recommend, you know, think about red meat again and vegetables. And, you know, she just kind of educated me and she was like, your skin is completely a reflection of, you know, your skin is an external manifestation of your internal health. And it's something I say all the time, but it was said to me and it was just, I don't know, it was the right time in my life to hear it. I think I was 24 and it just kind of things clicked. And, you know, I started listening to this woman. I started building trust with her and she put me on some herbs and the acupuncture and um, changed my diet and some supplements. And it really helped. My skin started getting better. And, you know, I, so I, I was so intrigued that I went to just kind of learn more about Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And then I decided I wanted to study it. They were opening enrollment for the fall semester and I applied and, you know, I was 25 when I started acupuncture school and the first year of school, at least the way, you know, I went to Pacific college of oriental medicine, at least the way they ran the programs then was the first year was really focused on healer, heal thyself. So and before we could really help anybody else, we had to work through our own stuff. And so there was a lot of psychology classes and nutrition classes and, and basic theory of Chinese medicine. And it was, it was the one thing that really changed it all for me. Like, cause I really started to understand the root of the problem. And I also, it was the biggest shift for me from a food perspective, because I really started to see food as as nourishment rather than like food was a demon to me for a very long time. It was either good or it was bad. I was doing good. I was doing bad. You know, um, I was keeping it down. I was throwing it up. Like it was, I had a very different relationship with food. And so for the first time I started to think about nourishment and that really led to just a host of changes You know, I broke my engagement and I moved back to New York and you know, this, my whole life changed from studying this medicine. It really did. It really transformed me. And, um, yeah. And I almost want to say like the rest is history, you know, it just kind of unfolded from there. Yeah. And here we are almost 20 years later. Wow. Yeah. We've got some similarities in our stories. Like I was, I wouldn't say that I had a, um, a diagnosable eating disorder, but I was like over exercising, under eating. 
I lost my period. I didn't really care about that. It was the fact that I had cystic acne all yep. over my face and my hair was falling out. So I was like, that's going to, anyth- if anything's going to motivate you, it's anything. Vanity. Face, yeah. Especially if you're like <laughs> 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can totally relate with that. But I'm intrigued. Do you, thinking back, can you think of maybe a limiting belief or mindset that you had that may have? Oh God, it was always, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough. I got to try harder. Everybody else is better than me. I got to do it, you know, do it this way, do it the way they're doing it. Um, Approval seeking, you know, and it's interesting too, because it wasn't pressures from my parents, not not that, you know, uh, they're, they're awesome. And they've always just supported me and everything I've done. And my dad would always say that to me. It was like, no one ever needed to put pressure on you. You just somehow put it on yourself. But somewhere in there, you know, it was all about that. And that is still something I, I you know, I still work on of just um, no longer needing the approval of others and, and trying to please people, but really just allowing myself to be me and, and liking who I am for who I am. And, um, and how do I define success? You know, so it's like I did, I was, it was a really big moment for me to choose to study Chinese medicine and leave the Western medicine world. I'd worked my butt off to get to where I was at. And, um, but something I, it was, I think it maybe was one of the first times in my life I really listened to my own self versus again, approval seeking. And it was what dramatically changed my life. Um, but that was the limiting belief of just, it was not good enoughness. You know, I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as skinny as her. I'm not as smart as her, you know, uh, whatever it was. And is there but a way the for us to, to know whether symptoms are due to physiological reasons or psychological reasons? So take eczema for example it can just be your gut health isn't great or you're eating something that you're sensitive to how do you know whether it is something physiologically wrong or is it always some sort of emotional component so from a chinese medicine perspective there's always an emotional component to every disease right so um we always say we got to look at both sides you know but sure like a skin condition to me, like something like the acne or what I was dealing with, with the eczema is, you know, there's an internal heat um, and there's nutrient deficiencies, obviously, you know, yours manifested differently than mine, you know, Um, but the heat is like, well, where does it come from? Is, is it suppressed emotions? My case, it definitely was, you know, and then it was also like, alcohol and you know you know i was so what we would say yin deficient in chinese medicine too i was so deficient that there was no there was no water to put out the fire so it was just like kind of bubbling up under my skin i literally had bubbles coming up under my skin you know like same with you um so but it's interesting because as i you know i think i've healed my gut and like so back then for certain there was there was gut dysbiosis or whatever you want to call it there was stuff going on for certain that needed fixing Um, but fast forward to now, like, you know, my son is about to turn five and I I breastfed him for a year, um, after, you know, having him and, um, around the time when I wanted to stop breastfeeding, but I felt, so it was a similar trigger. I felt like I was going to be judged by other people or I wasn't good enough because I should be breastfeeding for like, I don't know, two years or whatever, you know, people do and bless them all and bless the three monthers and the six monthers and the one years, whatever, bless you any way you do it, whether you breastfeed or not. But I was judging myself and eczema came back all over my left breast, just my left breast covered in eczema. My diet couldn't have been cleaner. You know, like I wasn't drinking alcohol. You know, I was in a happy relationship, like all the things I was trying to manage a lot, like get back to business. I was writing another book. I had a newborn, like there was a lot of stress on my plate, but I was also 
being really, really hard on myself because I felt like I had to do it all. And a good friend called me out on it. I had a good cry session about it. I decided to stop breastfeeding and the eczema went away. Um, you know, so I, I do see it with me. There's definitely an emotional correlation, you know, but there's also like, if I have a glass of like non-organic red wine, for, I'll wake up the next day, my eyes will be puffy and itchy. You know, my eczema will just start to come right back. It's just, I'm that sensitive. So it's a little bit of both, but the emotional, you know, again, from a Chinese medicine perspective, just always does play a role, whether it came first or second, doesn't quite matter, but we got to unpack that piece too. Do you see, did you see any connection with like the left and right side of your body? Like is one of the like, yeah, so for me, it was like, it was the left breast, which is the more yin side. So the more feminine side. And, um, I do think also, I mean, for anyone who's, who's been through breastfeeding, it's like you, you hit a point where you're like, I am exhausted by like, it's a lot. It drains the crap out of you. So I was yin deficient and it was draining me and it was draining me emotionally though, because it was like, all right, now I got to pump and then I got to get to the office and then I got to do this. And so there was that side, yeah, where it was really affecting my feminine and that, and it was, it was like withdrawing from me, you know? So, um, yeah, so you do, when you look, you do, you look at the sides and you kind of look at the, you look at the area too. So it was the breast, obviously I was breastfeeding, but also that's the area of the liver energy and the liver energy is where you tend to get like frustrated or angry, easily agitated. And that's how I was feeling. Cause I was feeling beholden to this person that is my child that I, you know, love with every inch of my soul. Um, but I also was ready to kind of get back to my life and not be as attached to him, you know, and that's just, everybody's different. That was the, but that was my truth. And I was afraid to talk about it. You know, I was afraid to say that. Um, so, you know, and I, I think for me, when I really look back at things, it's like when I'm in misalignment with like who I am as like my truth and my true purpose, that's when my, my symptoms are more likely to come up, you know? And so it is always, you know, my red flags, as I call them, are like, they, they bring me back in like, okay, so where am I deviating? Like on my diet, where am I missing in my supplements? But what's going on emotionally? Like, where am I, where am I feeling disconnected from myself or not being true to myself, not speaking my truth? And usually I find, you know, quite a bit of answers when I go in there. Yeah, I've noticed the exact same thing. And before you mentioned when you first went to see the acupuncturist yourself, they said you had a yin deficiency. Could that also be linked to you not being more, in, you're being, you being more in your masculine? So oh, I was so in my masculine, 100%. Could you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that? Because I feel like the modern woman is like, want to be a boss babe and an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and like hustle. and. Yeah all of these conditions like PCOS where they have high androgens start popping up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you talk a yeah. little bit about that, that connection? Yeah. And I think too, it's like the inflammation, you know, it's like, um, and we, we've lost touch with our divine feminine who, where she's more intuitive and she's more in the heart, you know? And so one of my good friends who is a, an amazing psychotherapist, Leah Evelino has said, you know, when we're, when we're checking the boxes, you know, we're like, when we're in that very masculine mode, it's like, we're basically, avoiding feeling you know we're we're up here we're in our head and we're not in our heart and so it is we're in the masculine versus the feminine and i think you know yeah i uh i consider myself a, a boss babe and you know and i've been an entrepreneur for a long freaking time and uh i've hustled forever i think COVID is the first time i've really like taken a break from hustling and i, I don't think i'm ever going back to the hustle but um <laughs> I'm done and I, and I am proud of it. Um, I'm going to let other people hustle for me a little bit now, 
but um, yeah, I think there's a fine balance, you know? So I do think like at that time in my life, yeah, I was trying to like get it all done, be all things to all people, totally ignoring myself. I was completely in the masculine and I really was in the masculine. Like I was surrounded by men at work. Like I was in like a teaching, you know, uh, university and it was just all academics. There were all, it was all men. I was, I think there was one other woman on my floor. Um, so I was also really in that space where it was just like, uh, compete, 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 you know, do, 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 and, um, really lost touch with my inside and my feminine side. And I mean, even in my relationship, I remember like scheduling sex, you know what I mean? Like I was like 25, like who the freak schedules sex at 25? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? I, re- I remember I like read an article in self magazine and I was like, oh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to schedule sex. You know, I'm like, I look back to that and I'm like, oh my God. But I was also so hormonally deficient and my, my cycles were so irregular that I, I probably had no sex drive because I was so out of it, touched with, and also hormonally, so hormonally imbalanced. And I can see where that, that happens a lot too. You know, I see it in my clients and I can see it in myself too, where you get really into like the, the checking the box, like, okay, I'm doing all the supplements and I'm doing all the diet and like, you know, I'm checking my cervical mucus and I'm having sex at the right time and I'm not getting pregnant. Like what's wrong? And it's just like, okay, so now you got to come in. Like what, what do you need? What, how do you nourish you? And it's a really uncomfortable conversation that I think for many women, because most women are really good at nourishing and nurturing everyone else in their life. But slowing down to take care of themselves seems like it's just too much work. And I don't even know if we know what we actually need. So I, I pride that as like a big part of my job, you know, just like getting them to, you know, cause uh, you know, and I'm sure you get it too. It's just like, they dump all the things that they've done on you and like all these tests and here's my labs and here's this and here's that. And this is the supplements. And it's, that's a very masculine approach um, to a very feminine thing, you know, especially if I'm dealing with fertility, it's a very masculine. So is IVF. Like I'm not against IVF, but it's very masculine. It's very like, check the box, take the sperm, put it on the egg, you know, like it's very formulaic and where's the magic in there? Where's the intuition in there? You can do it that way. Um, and it can still definitely work. And I don't think there's, um, you know, but it's more like the mindset around it when you get into it and they're just going, going, going and not feeling. And that's definitely where I was, you know, during, during the unhealthiest times in my life, I could say that for sure that I, I just disconnected and was just in go, go, go mode because it was, it was too, um, so we're distracting to feel it would slow me down too much. Right. Versus now I see it differently where like when I'm more in my in and my feminine, it's like, I just know what to do. It just, I know what to, you know, that's what meditation has, has granted so many of us is that like ability to pause and respond instead of react and, and like be solid in our alignment and in our grounding. But I know what people are thinking, especially if it's fertility related and they're getting, close to or past the age 35 where everything is supposedly going to fall off a cliff and fertility rates like massively decline overnight but they're thinking okay I've worked on my diet everything's good physically how long do I just let go and see what happens and be in my feminine versus being proactive and um because there is kind of that time at the end of the day so how do you you really I think if you were really in your feminine you will know when it's the right time to make a next step. So 
that's still very masculine of like, how long do I have to wait to be my feminine, right? You know what I mean? It's like, well, what, what does that even- Probably like, my, I'm thinking of my future self right now. Yeah, no, and I don't think like, uh, and I totally get it. Like I could go there too, you know, I think I've trained myself enough or had enough experience, you know, that I can, you can sit back again, but that's still really masculine of like, okay, so how long, you know, it's, it's still this thing. And it's <laughs> like, why don't you just, nourish yourself and get your health back to like primo like one thing i always talk about is fertility is an extension of health fertility is when there's like an abundance of chi and blood it's just like overflowing and your body's like yes i'm gonna make a human like i got all this good you know i want to i want to make something with it right so that's how we see it in chinese medicine there's an overflow and that and there's a deep connection between the heart and the uterus so there's this emotional like it's opening like there's joy there's excitement you know, there's possibility, you know, there, but you can still coexist with like sadness and fear. And like, it doesn't mean that the negative emotions or, you know, um, or moments like that we deviate from diet and lifestyle are going to set us back. It, It just means like, can, can the being more, I think, in your feminine and how you nourish you, can you be there like 65% of the time? And, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not even 80, 20, I don't think in that capacity, but just, you know, my spiritual teacher will say, there's a big difference between efforting, which is very masculine, and inspired action, which is very feminine, right? And so that's what she's always trying to teach us is like, inspired action is when you're, you're aligned, you're in your heart, and you're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Like, I'm going to take more CoQ10, or you know what, I'm going to follow, you know, so-and-so and, and do her diet, because that, that feels like a good idea. Or you know what? I want to try IVF. That that actually sounds kind of interesting and exciting to me versus if I'm not pregnant by January, you know what I mean? And like what I try to do is like, sure, I help my girls with timelines because I think that's really important. Um, and I don't want them just kind of flailing around. You know, I don't think that's going to get us there always. So I am always, but I do it in a way that it's like we're massaging it and also then presenting like, okay, so now you're really prepared to go into IVF and your body will be able to handle those hormones. And I think you're going to have a better response. And, and you're, you're, you're not like hanging on every single word from your doctor or like what your FSH is or, you know, the follicles, like you're more in an ease and a flow and that's more feminine. So you can still be more feminine in a masculine decision. So I think it's like a balance um, and an awareness. And, and I always say to my girls, when you know, you know. So some girls will come right away and they're like, I don't want to do IVF. I'm never going to do IVF. I'm just going to try naturally. And then maybe six months in, they're like, you know, maybe so-and-so seemed like she had a good experience with it. And I like that doctor. So, and then that's it. Like, but six months prior, it was not your decision to be made. Right. But so when, you know, you know, and it's just like letting yourself be in tune enough to know that. Like I ask girls right away, do you believe you're going to be a mom? They always say yes, because I don't think they would show up in my, you know, office or my virtual, you know, meeting room if, if it wasn't the case. How do you think it's going to happen? And they're, you know, I'll tell you what, that they could be 44, four failed IVFs. And they say to me, I think I'm going to get pregnant naturally. They're usually right. Like, it's amazing if I can get them to like tune in enough. And we're so afraid to listen to that because we're just, we think there's a million things we have to be doing on the outside, you know, so it's just really slowing down and listening and then taking action, of course, but more from a place that feels good versus a place that feels desperate. Yeah. You kind of just be completely in your feminine where you're just like floating around and not really. And you could be. That could work. 
manifesting without doing taking any action um, but i don't think that's not manifesting though that's mm. that's like that's the secret and i think that's a bunch of bs like you know and even like my teacher would say like they were in the secret movie they pulled themselves out because they didn't like the way it was presented but like that is not how it really works. Manifestation is inspired action. Do you know what I mean? So it's, you don't just sit on your couch and get the Lamborghini or like the baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is not that it's, it's you getting into alignment with you, you finding things to appreciate in your life right here, right now, not waiting to be happy when you get the thing that you want and then taking action from that place. That's what manifestation is period. Yeah. And I love that you said, get back in touch with your body. I think whether mm -hmm. it's fertility related or not, we're just bombarded now with information, like one person telling you to do one thing, the other person Come telling on. you to do the other. And yeah, it's just crazy how we've lost that intuition. And we can't discern anymore because we're so overwhelmed. And it's like, and that's not entirely our fault. I mean, it's, it's our media. It's all, this stuff is our fault where we're just so attached to everything. Um, and, you know, and I see it a lot with like, oh, I, saw, I heard this is for egg quality. Like I have to start taking alpha lipoic acid for egg quality. Like everybody's doing it. You know, it's like, okay. So antioxidants, they're everywhere. They've been around for a gajillion years. And there's a lot of ways you can consume them. And it's really, again, it goes back to this inflammation thing. Like, listen, you cannot out supplement a, a crappy diet or a crappy mindset. You just can't do it. You know, if you are constantly stressed and constantly in a fight or flight mode, no antioxidant is gonna work on a body that's constantly feeling under attack because there's just too much inflammation to manage it. It might just keep it at bay, but it's it's never gonna get to you know. So you gotta you gotta work on all the pieces, and and it is it's a lot. It's a lot for like someone like me to keep up with. I'm always like, oh my god, what's the new thing? You know, okay, acai now. Here we go. You know what I mean? It's like okay, it's the same conversation, guys. Um, and I do. I'm just get looking for the, the the miracle. Pill that well, that's say. it. They want the quick fix, which I mean, sadly, I think, I, well, I shouldn't say sadly, but which can work for some people, you know, or they think that's a quick fix, but I don't think so. I think it's the frequency and consistency and then maybe you layered in a couple things, but I do think it's, it's time and it's slowing down and it's feeling. And then also like when we're talking about fertility, but I think even just health in general, it's like, or whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, it could be what it, manifesting the Lamborghini or, or the job, you know, it's, there is still divine timing that is out of our hands. And that's really hard to um, trust and to let go of and to surrender. So it's, you know, the key is to have fun along the way, right? And so you, the one thing, like I always say that too, like we could do everything right and you still might not get pregnant because there's a little bit of magic that I have no control over and you have no control over. There's just some magic in there. And, and that might sound like out there to some people, but I, I really don't think it is. Even scientists will say that. There's just some things we don't understand about conception that don't make any sense from a scientific perspective. Your body should kill that embryo. It just should. Like it, it doesn't, it's, it's, a, it's a foreign invader. It doesn't make sense, but it does. It takes it in, it grows it. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So there's this magic, you know, that, and I think in all things in life and we can get impatient and that's normal. You know, so I think be easy on yourself because you want what you want and you've probably been at it a while. And, and I think you have every reason to feel impatient, but then also try to reflect upon like the positive changes that have happened and how can you cheer yourself on and, you know, um, find, find joy along the way. And how do you coach women 
to kind of overcome that belief that it's going to be really difficult if they get past stage 35 or in their, they're in their 40s because we're told again that fertility yeah. is just going to be so hard to achieve um pregnancy is going to be difficult to achieve how do you get them to start to believe that it is possible I probably share a lot of stories from the clinic, a lot of anecdotes. You know, I, I, ta- I have a whole blog thing on my website called Stories of Hope. They're definitely like some of the most visited pages. So um, I tell stories all the time. And um, I also, you know, show them the data that um, FSH and AMH aren't very telling for pregnancy outcomes. And if their decline or if AMH declines or FSH increases, you know, that there's still a lot of women that, that can conceive pregnancy, um, but those numbers don't define us. And that our age, our physiological age is very different than our biological age or chronological, chronological age, sorry. So, so you could be 35 and like the, you know, in worse health than you were when you were 25, right? And you could be 45 and in better health than you were when you were 35. So going back to, to the premise that like, if we can heal or reverse heart disease or diabetes or high cholesterol, like why can't you reverse poor egg quality or hormonal imbalance, right? So it's just really about hormonal balance. And if you're menstruating and ovulating, there's still an egg getting dropped and there's still a chance of implantation. There's, you know, there's still a chance of fertilization and implantation. There's still a chance that you could get pregnant. So I try to just get them to focus less on the numbers and the data, truthfully, because it changes. I mean, I've been in this now, it's almost 20 years. And I'll tell you, like the information changes all the time. And it, 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 it's so different than it was 10 years ago. Like FSH was the gold standard. There was no such thing as AMH. And you were only as good as your highest FSH. Then they started, it was like one day when someone was like, oh, guess what? FSH changes every month. Oh my goodness, we didn't know that. <laughs> it's totally in correlation to estrogen. Oh my goodness, we didn't know that. Okay, let's find a new one. Okay, AMH, you know, and then AMH, oh, can never improve. And then you see it improve in women, you know, as they get older, it goes up by a point. And it's like, and you see it all the time clinically when you start to watch the numbers. And you just like, guys, this just, it's not that crystal, like it's not that black and white. It's just not that black and white. So instead I try to get them to focus on like, let's improve the quality of your period. Let's improve the quality of your ovulation. Let's improve the quality of your digestion, the quality of your skin. Like let's celebrate all these things that we're actually, we are reversing aging in our body or at least um, decreasing inflammation and improving health. And so if you if you just do that, you improve the quality of every single cell in your body, then you can impact quality of the cells in your ovaries too. And so, you know, and, and that the, the mindset plays a huge role in that as well. So it is like, they start to limit themselves. I'm too old. I mean, it's the number one thing I hear, I'm sure. And you, you hear it at any age, you hear it at 33, you hear it at 43. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm too old. Okay. So let's unpack that more. Like, are you really too old? Cause there's women for, for millennia, you know, for millions at, at this point, uh, years that have had kids at your age. So why do you think you're going to be the only one who's left out? So it's usually we've got to unpack all that. Um, my doctor said, blah, 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 IVF, donor egg, only option, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's just, is just, I start to just make them question their beliefs and where did they come from and how could they say it better? That's a big thing too, of just like, okay, would you say that to your friend? Like, oh, you're 35. Yeah. You're totally screwed. You're never going to get pregnant. Good luck. You know, you would never say that you would filter it. You know, you'd be like, oh, I heard so-and-so and she's 40 and she got pregnant. Like you tell her a positive story. So to start to filter it for yourself. And just ask yourself, like start writing them out. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's because they say we have something like 50,000 thoughts a day. 90% of them are the same. Mm -hmm. So it's just, 
we say the same thing over and over again in all aspects of our life. So like fertility isn't the first place you've decided you're not good enough or you're going to be missed. You're going to miss the boat. You've, you've thought you were going to miss the boat on many other things in your life. So why do you think you're going to miss the boat? Like, why do you think you're going to be the one who's left out? And you start to like, look at that, like, oh my gosh, I have that belief here and here and here. Why? And then it's just, how can we say it better? So it's not like going from, you know, I'm 35 and there's no hope to, you know, I'm totally going to get pregnant. Like anytime, you know, I think that's extreme. Um, it's more about just really witnessing it and then starting to rework it. Like in my book, Body Belief, I talk a lot about that of like acknowledging the belief. Um, it's called the ART, the art of shifting your belief. So you acknowledge the belief and you begin to renew the belief and then you start to live in the transformation of that belief. And so, but the number one way to, to change the belief is you've got to be honest with yourself. You got to basically get in the dirt and in the mud and say, okay, this is my belief. This is my truth. I actually think I'm not good enough. I actually think, you know, I'm going to suffer or I'm going to struggle or I'm not worthy of the things that I want. Okay. And so how does that feel when you feel that way, you know? And so you really just sit there and unpack that. And then like, what could be a better way to say it? Like, okay, you know what? I am getting older and there is some data to suggest that fertility decreases with age and I'm scared because I really want a baby, but there are other people that have done it. So I could too. There's a possibility, like just be open to that smidgen of the possibility and you will begin to shift the beliefs. Yeah. It's going to have to take repetition. Yeah. So why are those neural yeah. pathways together after decades of them firing one way? That's it. And, and it's now again, not about perfection, right? You're not yeah. going to, you're not going to not be without that thought ever again. Like it's going to come up, but you, you're just, your response will be better or it won't take you down the rabbit hole, you know, for days, it'll just get you for a minute or two, or maybe 15, you know, but you can recover. And that's it. Like uh, Joe Dispenza does a good job talking about it too, of like, all you have to do is just start to rewire that pathway. The pathway will still be there. And then basically there's a moment where Gabby Bernstein says a lot too, where you just get to choose again. Like mm. I can go down that pathway again and I know where it's going to get me. It's going to get me to this place where I feel terrible. And I just, you know, throw everything out the window and sabotage, but I could choose differently. I could choose this pathway. That's like a little, I have a little possibility of a little hope. And then you get a little more invested. You know, I talk about that in body belief. Like I could tell you the diet and the supplements and the lifestyle and how much to sleep and when to meditate. But until you actually believe that you are worthy of change or that you can shift your health or your fertility or whatever it is, um, I don't think any of it's going to stick. You have to actually believe in yourself. You have to believe that you're worth the investment of this energy and this time. And then things will begin to shift for you, you know, and then the pathways it's, it's almost like they're already there because you did have possibility and hope at one point you just, something happened and things got tangled and then you just started to choke. They call it the trauma loop. Then you just started going down that trauma loop over and over again, you know? And so all you have to do is just pull yourself back. I say, all you have to do, it's not super easy, but you can do it. You pull yourself back and just like, okay, what are the other possibilities here? That's it. And it could be a possibility that's worse than the one you're in, but it could be also one that's better. Like, just are you open to the possibilities? You know, our, our life is um, a manifestation of how we react emotionally and, we, and our emotions are based on our past. And so we're literally like living the same thing over again, you know, until we start to realize like, okay, that was then this can be now, like there can be, it can actually change. Things can be different for me. And 
you know, in the world of fertility, I see that a lot for women, you know, it's a major shift for them when they kind of just let go. And, um, but they're still, they're still doing the things to take care of themselves, right? They still have that, that, that root and that foundation is there mm -hmm. now. And then, um, they start to just, you know, I think have hope or, or maybe surrender is the right word, you know, where they kind of sort of let go. They don't give up, but they're like, you know what? if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. It's that kind of thing, that feeling. Um, so you're loosening the grip a little bit of like, it has to be this way. And this is when it has to happen. It's, that's very masculine. And it's, yeah. um, yeah, some things that work feminine, out that way. Feminine yeah. flow again. Yeah. And like, we are taught like, right. We study really hard. We get the good grades. We'll get into the good school. Like we are taught that. So we're taught like, do this, put your game face on and do it, you know? And then I just think some things health related, I don't think really apply as well, you know? And you're right with what you said. There's like a common thread throughout your life. Like I'm not enough. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you do achieve your goal of falling pregnant or getting to that lean um, physical appearance that you've been aiming for, there's always going to be something else that pops oh, yeah. up. So it's about breaking that, that pattern, which is difficult, mm -hmm. but it's going to pay off in the long run yeah it's doable exactly and with certain medical diagnoses like fibromyalgia or infertility or ibs or depression people can get really attached to the diagnosis so mm -hmm. again what are your thoughts on that and how how can we get ourselves out of that belief i think it's like the first like real honest question you want to ask yourself is like why am i choosing to let this identify me you know, and how attached to this identity am I? And, and you start to notice, oh, I live my life. Like I tell people, it's like 10 times a day, I probably mention that I have fibromyalgia and I probably use it as like, you know, oh, I can't do that because I have fibro or, you know, I can't eat that because I have fibro, right? So it becomes this, it becomes you, it becomes your identity. And, and I don't think that's always the worst thing thing unless you hate having fibromyalgia and you're so pissed and so every time you say it you remind yourself how much you hate and how unfair this is you know and, and then that's the where the inflammation ticks in if you have fibromyalgia and you feel like it's under control but you still want to share it because you think it's good to educate people and you want to inspire hope or change very different approach right like i have fibro i'm learning how to live with it so yeah i don't eat pizza because it doesn't agree like i always say i don't eat pizza i love pizza Sorry, did I just, I froze for a second. Fine. Pizza, I say, I love pizza. Pizza doesn't love me. Mm. And, you know, and I kind of make light of it. Like, and that's like, by all means, if you can eat pizza, enjoy it. Like, absolutely dive in. It doesn't really work for my body. Um, instead of like, oh, I can't have pizza because, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant and I get eczema when I have pizza and it just sucks. You know, it's like, how are you, how are you identifying and attaching to it? So I think that's number one. And then, you know, number two is just, uh, are you making choices to live your life based on this like disadvantage? You know what I mean? So then you're starting to come into it from this place of already being, um, you know, worse off or um, a victim, you know? So it's like, then you create that real, that real energy around you. And it's not to say deny the truth. That's not it at all. It's just, why don't you say, yeah, I'm having, you know, in my book, yes, you can get pregnant. Like the first chapter is uh, my least favorite word. And it's all about the word infertility and why I don't like to use it. And I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. 
um, cause it means basically that you're barren and I don't think any woman really is, you know, she just maybe is fertility challenge. So what if we just shift the beliefs or shift the conversation around it? Like, instead of saying I have infertility say, yeah, I've been trying to get pregnant and I'm having some challenges, but I am figuring it out. Like I, I'm closer now, I think than I was before. And I have this doctor who supports me and this one who supports me. So just changing that little piece, I have fibromyalgia, but you know what? I feel the best I felt in 10 years. And because yes. I, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And so it's really about like, what are you bringing to it and how much weight are you putting mm -hmm. in it? And then, and some people don't know who they would be without their diagnosis. I see that a lot with women once they get pregnant after, you know, it's like those ones that have been working at it for like five plus years. I mean, it could be any amount of time, but it seems to be the longer the diagnosis was around that when they do get pregnant, it's serious PTSD. They do not know what to do with themselves because they have been infertile for so long. And now all of a sudden they don't, their identity is different. Mm -hmm. They're now going to be a mother. They're pregnant. It, and it's scary. They they couldn't be happier, but they're also like so scared. They, like, I remember one of my girls was like, I can't do the mom groups because I just have been on the outside of that group for so long. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like these women. I, I never, I decided I hated these women and now I got to be one of them. And it's like, an, it's a total identity crisis. And so, you know, a lot of that was we had to soften around this of like, she just built these walls up to protect herself. You know what I mean? And the infertility became a way that she could protect herself. And she didn't have to go to the baby showers and she didn't have to mix with like kids and play dates. And, you know, she just kind of limited herself. And then now all of a sudden, you know, and she made it through and she's a great mom now and she's loving it. Um, but you know, that's like one case, but you see that a lot too, where people, they start to get better. And it's like, well, that's scary for me too, because I've had this thing for so long and I've gotten really used to it. Whether you like it or not, you get used to it. So it is just really noticing like how attached am I to this story and, and how could I say it better? So it still goes back to me for how could you tell the story better? Like it's still your story. I'm not saying that, but how could you say it better in a way that feels better on your heart versus, you know, um, from this space of like being so, um, I don't know, alienated, alone, shameful, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally different energies. Um, what about women who are trying to conceive and their friends are getting pregnant and they see the mums in the street with the newborn yeah. babies and that whole mindset as well? Yeah, I think, I think it sucks. And I think you're allowed to say that, you know, <laughs> I do. I mean, maybe you pick and choose who you say it to, but I think like you have to always be honest with yourself. It's like rule number one for belief shifting. You cannot say like, oh my God, I'm just so happy when I see all these pregnant women. It's just so amazing. If that's not really how you feel, don't say that, you know, um, pick and choose who you say to, it could even just be in your journal or you could like message it to yourself. But I do a fun game with my girls where I, I, I do two things where I say, like, I want you to think about you, a, you don't know that person. When you see her walking down the street, you don't know her. You don't know what she went through. She could have been you a year ago. Uh, and one day chances are you're going to be her and someone in your shoes is going to see you. How would you like her to feel, you know? And that really shifts it for them. Like even for me, I can feel like that emotional pang. It's like mm -hmm. where you're, you start to have more compassion for people. And I think, I think that's number one. Um, and then number two, I always play a fun game with them. Like when they see a pregnant woman or like a baby, a woman pushing a stroller, like, you know, oh, would I wear that dress? Like, would I wear that dress when I'm pregnant? Or, oh, how am I going to dress my baby? Or if you have to go to a baby shower, like, what am I not going to do at my baby shower? You know, like that kind of stuff. Like I used to do it at weddings too. Like, okay, I'm definitely not having this at my wedding. And like, when I, all I wanted was to get married and yeah. like have my guy, you know? And so, and baby showers too, where it was like, uh, by the time I had my baby shower, I was like so clear on like how I wanted that baby shower. Cause I'd been to so many where I was a little 
jealous. And like, I think it's also give yourself grace about it. It's okay to be jealous because you want what they have, but you also don't know how they got there. You don't know what they went through to get there. You don't know their story. So try not to judge them. And one day you might be judged for this thing. So I think it just starts to shift your perspective a little bit. And then another thing I talk about this, and yes, you can get pregnant. is like, it's just, it's just confirmation that there's a lot of fertility. It's happening. And so it can happen to you. There's a lot of possibility out there. Like women are getting pregnant all the time. So it happens. It's magical and it happens. It's miraculous and it happens. And you can have that too. Yeah. Love that. And I think those mindset shifts, the, the women listening who are struggling, I know they're going to really um, thank you for just giving that mindset um, swap that they can simply make. Mm-hmm. And something that you said before is that you don't like the term infertility. Something that I like to try and explain better is autoimmunity and how people, it's your body's attacking itself. Um, Where I'd like to say your body's a little bit confused, just try and soften it a little bit. It's trying to um, attack like a virus or a bacteria or something. And it's just getting a little bit confused at the moment. It's something that can be resolved. Do you have a similar approach? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's like, you're not broken. This is fixable. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways we can get to that fixed place, but same thing. Like, and even with the autoimmunity, same thing. Like we can calm it. We can tame it. There's just some chaos in the body and it is, it's confusion. And it's the same thing with infertility. It's just confusion. Like, oh, when am I supposed to ovulate? What's progesterone supposed to, you know? So there's so much you can do to just bring it back to homeostasis and to balance. And, you know, it's not about, curing right it's about um you know helping you manage heal overcome this disease state but that um you know it's also it's body speak like your body's talking to you and so it's your turn to listen right now and then what can i do to to regulate and that could be regulate the immune system or that could be regulate the hormones right or usually it's both um when we're dealing with infertility you know this is i feel like autoimmunity is just so linked and it's just so obvious these days but um that's another podcast i suppose but um but yeah it's just that same thing and then like how and it's misalignment like that's where i come back to it's still misalignment right it's misalignment of hormones it's misalignment of the immune system so your job is to get back into alignment and that is emotionally and physically and nutritionally and supplements right so it's like when you get back into that alignment, your body knows what to do. It's just like us all, you know, if we all had, uh, you know, MRIs or x-rays of our back, you know, they say something like 80 or 90% of the population would have herniations, but like only 10% of us have actually have pain from those herniations because our body has figured out how to manage it. And so it's the same, it's the same thing. Like, I'm using these new hormone testing kits uh, with a lot of my clients. And it's really fascinating because it tests uh, LH and progesterone, but like all cycle long. And what we're taught is like progesterone's like zero in your follicular phase, right? And then LH just surges and then progesterone goes up. Fascinating because LH does this thing up and down, up and down. Progesterone goes up and down, up and down in the follicular phase. Then once you ovulate, sure, then luteal, luteinizing hormone goes down, progesterone goes up. But it's showing me and all these other clinicians that 
we are not perfect. And there is no like hormonally textbook perfect woman. And that these women are still getting pregnant, even if her LH didn't surge where it should have, or her progesterone wasn't as high as it should have. It's really, it's really interesting. So it's really about like that, you know, we touched upon it in the beginning of just like perfectly imperfect. Like it's just not about perfection. It's just about finding what feels good for you and your body and what works and living from that place. We didn't have all of these fancy tests and supplements even a few decades ago. So women have managed to reproduce all of this time. So it can still be done. Even though we are challenged with the environmental toxins and the polluted world, unfortunately. (laughs) But it's like that is the first change everybody has to make is get away from that, those pollutants. And you'll see a dramatic difference in all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite ways to support relaxation and stress relief? Um, that are pretty low cost if possible a walk in nature staring at nature having plants in your office um meditation um you know visualization listening to music dancing i think is a fun one uh laughing with friends even like sometimes we'll like put on old seinfeld episodes and we just like laugh my husband and i you know it's just like funny and silly it's great for stress great for stress you mentioned journaling before. Are there any like yeah. um, question prompts that you can recommend that people can just, cause it's sometimes hard yeah. to just sit down and start writing. Yeah. I think it's of kind of head. like, okay, what is my story? Like, how do I tell my story? And then asking yourself, how, how can I say that better? Like what parts in there feel mean to myself, you know? Um, and you know, just how can I better support myself? Like, what am I doing today to nurture myself? I think those are just good places to start where you just start thinking about like, okay, I haven't put me atop of my to-do list and I really need to move me up there. And gratitude, what's frustrating you mentioned me. earlier, that's so powerful in reducing stress, just being grateful for, as you said, yeah. what you have. Yeah, make, make a list of 10 moment. things you're grateful for every day. That's Great. it. Yeah. And I want to finish up now with just a few more questions for you personally. So the sure. first one is, what's your go-to breakfast? So with everything that you know about hormonal health and fertility um is there a meal that you you want to share with the listeners yeah i mean i do like to start my day with coffee i do love coffee so i have one cup of organic um, low acid coffee that i always add some protein powder to usually collagen peptides and some grass-fed ghee and some raw cacao and some sunflower lecithin so i get my choline in i make Mm -hmm. i blend that and a half a date good for the yin. I always tend to be a little yin and blood deficient. So that's for me. Um, I try not to have that on an empty stomach. So then I'll usually have like eggs with spinach and maybe some, you know, I don't know, grass fed sausage or something like that. Um, in like the colder months, my absolute go-to is bone broth egg drop soup. So I boil up some bone broth. I whisk an egg in there, like a half a bag of spinach put it in a mason jar, put a lid on it. Like, and that, that is like a hundred and I, like a, sometimes a scoop of ghee in there, some, some uh, salt and maybe pepper. And yeah, I'm off of this. So it always pretty much involves eggs and greens and mm-hmm. a good healthy fat. And then for certain my coffee. <laughs> Amazing. People are usually like, Oh, like your balance bar or your granola. <laughs> granola bar. No, 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 no. Your gut is going to be very happy after the bone broth. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. 
my, my body, I mean, I definitely think like now I know, you know, there was no such talk of even like gut health, like even 15 years ago, we weren't really talking about this stuff. Um, but I definitely think, yeah, like looking back on my history, I had endometriosis, I had gut dysbiosis, and I think all the things I've done have completely healed me. I mean, I was in a relationship for six years in my early 20s, 23 to 29, where, you know, that was the one where I had to schedule the sex, but we had sex. And it was unprotected. I never once got pregnant. I had irregular periods. I had painful, horrible periods. I had acne, you know, and I, I look back at that and it's like, and then at 40, you know, I'm with my husband, the second month we try, I'm pregnant naturally. You know what I mean? It, it just yeah. kind of doesn't make any sense. But like I, literally from like 34 on, I feel like I've been, I, I'm so much healthier than I was when I was younger. Um, and I totally changed my hormones and my health and my gut, you know, absolutely. I want to add this question in as well. It wasn't on my list for you, but now that you've just mentioned that, do you feel like there's some couples who just aren't compatible emotionally or one of them sure. is like not wanting to get pregnant? Like yeah. how commonly yeah. do you see that? Yeah, I see it. I think there's a misalignment there. Yeah. Um, I think you can overcome it. Um, if you know, I think it's a conversation that to have with yourself of like, am I willing to, do this and bring this child through knowing what I know about my relationship, you know? So I think, I think the spirit baby conversation, I mean, this is again for another time, but like the book spirit babies really helps with that to where it's like open up the conversation with the child. Um, but also I do like to bring children through into authentic relationships, you know, where maybe not everybody's on board, but like they're on board with each other, like they support each other and there's kindness in there. Um, but yeah, you can see that absolutely. And you can also see a misalignment, um, from like a, an auto, an, an immune perspective, like the HLAs, you know, where you see, um, it just, they don't jive, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you need some uh, immune regulation there to then help the body welcome this pregnancy. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I've had, you know, the craziest of stories where it's like a woman's not getting pregnant with this like one person and then like she, you know, whatever. And then boom, pregnant, like mm -hmm. the first time they try with somebody new, you know, because it was like the right chemistry. And who knows? I assume there's a physiological reason behind there too. You know what I mean? But like, I think our bodies are smart enough too to almost know the chemistry. You know, I think, I think it's something to pay attention to. Yeah. And there was the research, wasn't there, with women on the pill, the more... Yeah attracted they, to genetically similar males mm -hmm. so maybe that's yeah. as well i and it, it subdues their like almost like that chemical sense of yeah. like who's the right partner for me mm -hmm. yeah yeah the pheromones yeah so interesting and i've not heard of the book that you mentioned spirit radius so i'll have to check out oh that. look at it so okay. good there's another one by nancy may um she was a student of the guy who wrote spirit babies um gosh i, I can't read it right now it's over on my desk but um, really good too. And uh, MAE is her last name, Nancy okay. May. I'll try and find that and link it into. It's called Awakening yeah. Fertility or something like okay. that. It's really nice. Yeah. Amazing. What's one thing that you do every day to stay in hormonal harmony? <sighs> I mean, I try to express my emotions. I think that's a big one. Be true to myself um, and exercise. You know, mm -hmm. I, it's like even if it's just a walk, uh, get out in nature. I've been so good at that since this pandemic um and it made me realize that i had fallen off the wagon with it and how important it is to my health and my sanity yeah, yeah. 
And final yeah, question. but I'll be right out. <laughs> final question. I'm going to let you go. Don't worry. Where can people find more from you online and grab your books? I know they're going to be dying to read them. Yeah. Um, just head over to my website, amyrapp.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Amazing. I go live every single week with, you know, really juicy, good, free information for, for this population. So yeah. Definitely. And everything will be linked in the show notes as always. Great. So thank Great. you so much, Amy. This has thank been you so amazing. Much. And I love your holistic approach. And the fact that you're not a perfectionist and you're into the energetic side of things as well and getting into that feminine flow. Love it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony, All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.